John. And this is Beyond the Hate. And today we're talking about Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. With old Jamesy Bond. Yeah, old Jimbo. <laughs> old uh, Jimbo Bond. <laughs> if you remember, you remember from Goldeneye when he was like, he's like, hey Jimbo. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like oh come on, man. Really? You call me Jimbo? Like, Jimbo. I represent Her Majesty the Queen. Can you please have a little bit of respect <laughs> for my, my name, please? You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> Okay, Jim Bob. Yeah, Jim Bob. Oh man. Um yeah, uh, this this movie of the uh, Bond movies is one of the most hated of the Daniel Craig Bonds. It's the most hated, I would yeah, say. I think so. And then probably followed by Spectre. We'll we will probably get to Spectre eventually, but right? We figured that uh, We're coming for you, Spectre. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to Spectre eventually. Like at some point, we'll probably go ahead and do that movie too. Um, but Quantum of Solace felt like it was a little bit more immediate because that's the one that people generally point to is like being the weakest of the Daniel Craig's, you know, run as bond. Right. But speaking uh, of uh, a movie about, you know, water and everything, let's uh, do the opposite of that. Let's tell them what we're drinking today, John. Well, the uh, today we're drinking uh, something from Scotland and it's fucking delicious because bond is Scottish. I kind of did this for a reason. And this is made by Innocent Gun, you know, 007. He's got Innocent license to Gun, kill. I get it. I yeah. Get it. Very, uh-huh. very clever. So very this is uh, Innocent Gun uh, Barrel Aged, the original. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's but like this is Eastwood of beers. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, made in Edinburgh, you Edinburgh? know. Edinburgh, Scotland. You got a problem um, in Edinburgh? Edinburgh? No, it's not Edinburgh, it's Edinburgh. <laughs> Uh, this is bourbon barrel scotch ale, say. uh, and this shit is is fucking amazing. Yeah, definitely three out of three stars. This is definitely Nothing a three out of three. It. It's very good. I would put it up there almost to where Dragon's Milk is. Like it's, yeah, it's that good. kind of smooth. Yeah, it's, six point six alcohol, which I feel like is a lie. Yeah, I don't know. If I've, I've 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 been drink, I've drank like half a bottle nearly, and I already feel a little bit from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's it's rich but smooth, so it's not really thick. Yeah, it's got so, uh, some vanilla and toffee flavor in it. Um, and the bottle kicks ass. This is an awesome yeah. looking bottle. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Like you just don't just want to keep the bottle because it looks old timey. It does. It looks you know? very old timey. They even have the uh, glass letters in it, like the ones that stick out, like the embossed letters. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, they definitely. Um, Scottish people know how to make some damn beer. Like Bellhaven, like the whenever we have the Bellhaven beer, like right. Bellhaven makes great ass beer. You know, um, it's just something. I don't know. I guess it's just something about Scotland. Like they're just like really good at that. They, they the Scots uh, and the Irish are yes. I mean, yeah. there must be something to it. Right. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll figure it out one day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like alcoholism 
probably came from those places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do have Scottish in my bloodline, so that would kind of make sense. Yeah. You know, I've got some Irish in there too. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much where the original alcoholics came from. Right. <laughs> Thanks, UK. Thanks. Um, well, Northern Ireland, not regular Ireland. I know people are listening to this and be like, John, Ireland's not in the UK. It's Northern I know Northern Ireland's in the UK. I'm just fucking with you people. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, um, as far as uh, uh, Bond movies go, like this, this one is like, I think we were talking about this earlier, that this is probably one of the shortest yeah, it is the, the shortest. shortest yeah, movie. it is yeah. the shortest, like an hour and forty six minutes. But the it also is, had like the highest budget. Really? Yeah, because it has a two hundred twenty five million dollar budget. A two hundred twenty five million? Yes. What? How, what? So where did all the money go? I don't know. I guess paying Daniel Craig. <laughs> they were like, Daniel Craig's like, I want half. It's like, uh, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> he did make more on this. He made like four and a half million to do this film. Oh, really? Four and a half million? Yeah. Is that is that like British pounds or is that American dollars? I think that's translated into American dollars. Okay, so that would that would be he would get like in, in pounds the equivalent of like five million or like what did you say four and a half million? Four and a half million. Four and a half million uh, American. Yeah. So uh, it's that's... twice as much as he was paid for Casino Royale. The fact that he was only paid like two million dollars for Casino Royale <laughs> yeah. is fucking criminal. Like somebody. <laughs> Like somebody's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna give you some of the DVD sales because we we feel like we, we ripped you off. <laughs> the, you know, I don't think they did because that's Sony, and Sony really doesn't do stuff like that. No, they really don't. Yeah, that's whenever, yeah, it was still Sony. It's not like they're gonna be like, hey, Tom Holland, you're doing a great job as Spider Man. Here's some money, and he was. Now it's probably like, <laughs> yes, I'm doing my fifth Spider Man movie. How much are you making still, Tom Holland? Still only one million dollars, right? <laughs> It's like, but you're a freaking Avenger, dude. Like, what the hell? Did they pay you any more off that? Yeah, they pay me $1.5 million to do Avengers. <laughs> oh, shit. It's like, there you're getting go. ripped off, dude. It's like, you need to ask Downey for, like, you know, some, like, allowance or something. Like, I'm sure Downey's got plenty of money. Yeah, he made, like, $50 million just to come back to do Iron Man 3. Right. Then I think he gets, like, $50 million per Avenger movie. Oh, no, yeah, I know. He's making bank, like, yeah. for real, yeah. He's, he's, if he keeps going, he's gonna have as much money as the actual Tony Stark. <laughs> Watch them try to like Nick Fury him in like for the next series. They're like, think Iron Man's gonna die? Nope, he's gonna take over Shield. <laughs> J.K. LOL. He's actually gonna Robert be the director Jr.'s of Shield. Like, why would I quit? Right. <laughs> they pay me so much money. They pay me so much damn money, and I don't have to do like a shit ton of work. You know, it's like not as much as like you know Karen Gillan who has to be in like fucking blue makeup. And, yeah, she uh, has to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and put, <laughs> put uh, the makeup and stuff on and like the stuff for her head. And you know, she has to be shaved bald to do that role, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, and then Saldana, I mean, she's got a, you know, her makeup is Gamora and then hers um, isn't as bad. And then Batista is Drax. Like he's got a lot of, he yeah. has to do on makeup. His is, his is a little long because yeah. it's all over his chest. Like, yeah. And he his chest is freaking massive. So yeah. Gamora is like her arms and her face. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, as far as like this, so the thing about like, if the budget is like 200 something million, it, how much of that, where the hell did they put all that money at? Like, was it just because of like the, the production cost of like shooting in like the desert and stuff like that? Well, was that part of it? N- no, probably the not stunts? actually. I, one, one of those scenes took like 1500 extras, um, um in the, uh, the opera scene. 
No, it was the other scene with the um, the crowd, like at the first of the movie. The horse race. Yeah, that, oh. that was like 1,500 extras. And then um, uh, they did uh, some of that stuff that they did. They had to build like entire sets for it that moved, and it took like 700 uh, crew members to do it and oh. they put a lot of set work on everything and then they they went through cars like crazy but a lot of those were donated so that wasn't really part of the budget yeah because well, like ford the- cars are given to them to do the movie because ford paid them like a hundred million dollars to to have four vehicles. vehicles in the james bond movies well and then uh does aston martin pay to have the aston martins in the movie yes okay so they, because they, they didn't have a man for uh three movies Cena royale yeah that yeah. was one of them it was three movies they didn't have the aston martin in and then the ford contract didn't have the exclusive uh deal anymore and then they put the aston martin back in it because in um goldeneye he drove a bmw it was a tricked-out Beamer, mm. yeah, uh, because everybody was kind of complaining during the GoldenEye era that it's like, well, he doesn't have the Aston Martin anymore. It's kind of stupid. It's like, well, I mean, they didn't really have an agreement with Aston at the time, so that's just they went with BMW. That's who they had the agreement well, everybody with. Everybody knows you're going to sell a lot of cars if you put Bond in it. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Chris Peeble's um, going to be watching the Bond movies and they're going to be like, oh man, that's bad. Look what he just did with the car because he yeah. does awesome stuff. And then, you know, a lot of these stunts in the cars, Daniel Craig does too, which is, you know, he did a lot of stunts. He got hurt a lot right. <laughs> in this movie. Oh yeah, I would you imagine. Know, he thought he got hurt a lot in the Casino Royale, but this one, he was like, he was like, Casino Royale was like a cakewalk compared to this. Yeah. And that's one of the things about this movie in particular. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and go into it because it is one of the comments. Um, That's one of the things people uh, really hated about this was that it it feels more like an action movie than a Bond movie. And I'm like... As far as uh, I know, all Bond movies are action movies. All Bond movies are action movies. And people were like, this is like too much of an action movie, not a Bond movie. I'm like, you really can't separate the two. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Right. So somebody watching this is thinking like, oh, this is just some stupid action movie. This isn't a Bond movie. It's like, look, Bond movies aren't Downton Abbey. Like, it's not a drama. Like, what the fuck? Did you think you were watching Casablanca? Yeah. Did you think you were watching, like, Gone with the Wind here with, with guns? Like, what the fuck? No. They're action movies. Like, that's the whole point of these. You I know? know what it was. They didn't get to see that Daniel Craig dick. In the- right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's the thing. Like all, yeah, all these people are like, okay, so we got to see him shirtless, but we didn't get to see any ass shot, and no, no dick pics at all. <laughs> no no dick, dick pics. You get Damn. to see the ass shot in Skyfall. Yeah. <laughs> Van Damme's like, you stole my look. <laughs> you stole my look. You stole my look. I don't, you know. I don't know if anybody can beat that Van Damme ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that ass is Van Damme. Van Damme, ass. No, because he showed it like every movie, and then you know, even when you're watching and you're like, I mean, that's not the worst thing you look at. It'd be like Jack Black's ass or something. You'd be like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nobody wants to see that. Nobody yeah. wants to see that, Jack. Right? Bam. You need to put your pants back on, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, so anyway, um. <laughs> uh, 
And so uh, uh, I'll go ahead and, and just start with this part. Uh, yeah, so this is a... So it says that this has to be the worst Bond film of all time. Right from the opening scene, which is traditionally an action-packed opening to blow you away, was awful. Its fast-paced action was lost by a camera set too close to the action and flicking between camera shots so fast it was subliminal and far too fast for the human brain to register anything going on. After a few seconds, I was totally lost, as was everyone else I spoke to. This style continued throughout any action scene in the film, making them unwatchable and irritating. The fight scene in the theater uh, was lost again, too much flicking between camera shots. Yes, it's great that modern cameras can get you that into the action style, but there is uh, such a thing as uh, moving in too close and losing all perspective of action. Uh, this Bond is just another action flick with a really mediocre storyline. Uh, the, uh, the results of the camera cuts is utter confusion about who is punching whom. There are obvious and avoidable errors such as cutting between two scenes and the actors have changed positions. The action scenes are so impossible to follow. It made the movie too frustrating to watch. I actually left the theater after the second action scene. That's how bad it was. The editor should be banned from films for life. <laughs> it's like yeah because you can make that decision right you random guy on the internet yeah right right um i mean the the worst the worst bond film is probably michael clayton the ripoff of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow! <laughs> of all the things you could have, you could have went to. You could have been like, okay, Moonraker. You know, like a lot of people hate that movie. Uh, you know, those kind of things. Um, <laughs> we did an entire episode about Timothy Dalton's Bonds. Go check it out. Listen to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but this motherfucker brings out Michael Clayton. Like, <laughs> Michael really? Clayton's probably the worst Bond. <laughs> but because it's just America's attempt to do Bond. Because Jack Ryan really doesn't count because he's not even the same type of character. No. You know, Jack Ryan's like a financial analyst, you know, uh, and everything like that. He just so happens to get himself in some shit. That's not what Bond is. Bond's a fucking I mean, secret agent. That's the best thing that we have as far as a character to kind of, you know, compete with something like Bond. But they're not the same character at Or all. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne definitely is one of them, but like, see, he's not like he's not really like uh, Bond either because he's got more like brainwashing stuff and all that yeah. kind of shit. Oh yeah, on. no, that comes up later. Yeah, but uh, not understanding this movie like a little bit in, uh, and other people that he spoke to felt the same way. He must have been speaking to a bunch of tards. This is actually <laughs> one of the easiest bond films to follow it's a pretty straightforward revenge story yeah <laughs> and we have some stuff specifically about the plot we'll get to later on okay but the main thing that people complained about as far as the way that the movie is shot I, the number of i should have had a counter of how many times people mentioned mtv style shots because I, I swear to you, I probably like Joe's had, apartment. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. They used this Joe's the, the, apartment. The view from the roaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They used that. They used this. that in this. Forster was like, he saw that and he was like, that's how I want to fill bond. That's my vision. <laughs> yeah. No, the fuck it's not. But that's, but the number of times that people said that this, this was an MTV style production was probably about 15. And, and like, the, because I would go through a comment and it'd be like MTV style action. 
MTV camera cuts, <laughs> MTV shooting. And I was like, why does everybody think that MTV, MTV was never this good? Like, why, why are you guys trying to make this sound like it's, like there was like MTV like music video directors <laughs> that were like I'm gonna do a Bond movie I'm gonna do a Bond movie yes yeah. you know <laughs> but it's like the thing about like when people talk about like the jump cuts for example it's meant to be a little bit disorienting on purpose right because mm-hmm. if you're in the middle of doing this action stuff you would be a little bit disoriented too like the very beginning when he has Mister White in the trunk and he's like trying to escape from those goons. And he's in the Aston, and then they're chasing. They're in the Alfa Romeos. You know, good job on the police actually getting both of those brand names in on the APB call. Exactly. It was like it's an Aston Martin, and it's an Al- it's a black Alfa Romeo. <laughs> you know, it's like Alfa Romeo's like ah, good. They got the they got they got, they got the, it in. We got their shit in. Yes, um, but uh, <laughs> but that's the thing that gets me is that like you know when you're watching a sequence like that it's supposed to be disorienting to a degree because it's an action sequence where you have two you have like these cars chasing after each other you know he gets uh something punctured into the door and then it rips the door off and then he's basically trying to avoid fucking gunfire you know while he's in the aston and then they're like going around you know like this it's like this uh, mountain pass and you have all these vehicles you have all this traffic and there's a tunnel and all this different stuff. And I think the camera cuts are there to convey a sense of speed and a sense of like urgency. And it's like, it's meant to be disorienting on purpose because when you're watching it and you feel like you're really a part of the chase and not watching it from some safe angle, you're actually like in the car with James, you're on the bumper, you're, you know, with the goon that's shooting him with the automatic from the other car and stuff like that. It's meant to be close so you feel like you're part of the action. You yeah, feel like you're part of the ride. It's suspenseful. It's like a thriller. It's kind of shot like a thriller. Right. But this MTV-style director also directed Monsters Ball. Right. He directed Finding Neverland, which was really good. Yeah, Johnny uh, Depp, right? Yeah, Stranger yeah. Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. Uh, he directed Machine Gun Preacher with Gerald Butler. All the MTV was, hits, right? All the MTV hits. All the know, shit that was on MTV. Straight to video. Yeah. He directed World War Z with Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, it still wasn't as good as EM Flex. You know? No, no. <laughs> it's not. Wasn't as good as Beavis and Butthead Do America, I'm just saying. <laughs> nope, not at all. And then he also recently uh, directed the Christopher Robin movie, which was highly acclaimed. But the guy... No talent. But I'm the pretty guy's sure Halle Berry won an Oscar for Monsters Ball. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, uh-huh. so he's directed an Oscar-winning actress, but he's garbage. You guys know more than he does, right? Yeah, you know how to build an action movie. Yeah. And it, you know, it's like when people talk about, like, you know, the fight cuts where it's like you have the continuity errors where somebody's on, like, the wrong side of the screen – it's like that. That's like what the oldest nitpick ever in movie history. Well, if you don't like that, you definitely probably are not a very big fan of Jackie Chan movies because they they have a bunch of continuity errors. Yeah, yeah, and like like how the um, cameras switch back and forth in flight scenes. Yeah, Jackie Chan movies like all all their all of his movies are like that. Right. You know, I remember uh, Jackie Chan's Who Am I? The fight scene where he's fighting those big. Swedish looking dudes and everything. It's like constantly changing, but it makes it more exciting. That's that's why you do it. It makes it more exciting. You see both sides of everything as it goes on. Uh-huh. And it's uh you know, the sometimes there are going to be scenes in a movie where it feels disorienting, but in this 
in this context, it, I don't feel like it's disorienting to the point where I don't know what's going on because there's a fine line between like doing the jump cuts and then you get lost and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And then there's jump cuts where you're like, Oh, I'm just seeing like different parts of the same scene. And it looks cool because you're getting all kinds of different angles. You're getting more context to the story of how the chase is going or the fight scene or whatever it is. You, you know? know what happened? He was on his phone on his Nokia playing fucking snake. snake. And yep. he wasn't paying attention. And yeah. he just, he just lost all snake kinds. Snake is addicting, man. Yeah, I know. It's it's messing up all kinds of people. It movies. was fucking up people before Fortnite. Yeah. People getting fucking divorces because they can't get off Fortnite. And it's like, you got these <laughs> like... real? Yeah, no, that was, I like read that. That's like no bullshit. I read something that was like uh, the guy, like uh, the wife issued him divorce papers because he was on Fortnite more than he ever like dealt with her. And he just wouldn't talk to her anymore because she distracted him from Fortnite. Did did he even stop playing to sign the papers? He's just, I, like, he's just probably like, he's like probably here's the playing. papers. He's like, that's cool. Yeah, Whatever. that's cool. Um, yeah, I might sign them later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you do realize I'm walking on your life forever. That's fine as long as I have Fortnite, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And yeah. then you have, uh, then you have like these like really weird and awkward stories, like that guy who got married to Hatsune Miku. If you uh, if you know what Hatsune Miku is, uh, she's like an anime. Uh, she's an anime character that they do as a hologram in Japan. Like they mm-hmm. do, they do concerts where like she does like pop music, but instead of having like an actual, like a woman dressed up like Hatsune Miku, they do a hologram dude in Japan is like, I want to marry Hatsune Miku. And they were like, okay, it's not officially recognized by like the laws of Japan, but he's literally like in terms of like his own personal life, he's married that hologram and he has it on his shelf. <laughs> and then he has a bunch of like plush uh, dolls for Hatsune Miku, like in the picture that I saw where he has like all, like all of her like merchandise and memorabilia. So I think when people talk about traditional marriage, that shit's gone. (laughs) Like if you can marry a hologram now, I mean, their kids are going to be weird, right? Yeah. Imagine having a half human, half hologram kid. They're going to be like ghosts from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. It's going to be torn between phasing in and out of reality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I read that story and I was like, okay, so you have dudes in Japan that are like, fuck it. I don't want to deal with an actual human. I want to deal with a hologram that I can put in a, in a jar and then she can just like dance and stuff for me. And then you have other dudes that have actual real girlfriends and real wives and end up losing them because of Fortnite. It's like, what fucking reality are we in? Like, what do we, do we, do we fall into a different dimension where like some say we have, you're yeah, right. <laughs> They're so, like, like the Mandela effect Mandela thing. Effect. That, that theory is like, uh, if you remember this, that means you're from a different uh, right uh, dimension, and everyone else that doesn't remember that way are from. They're from like yeah. a, like maybe the original dimension, the, the or original one. So yeah, yeah so. I remember a time when people watched the much movies and shut the fuck up and didn't <laughs> complain online. So does that mean we're in a different continuity? Oh, I think we've passed plenty of dimensions. Right, I do. <laughs> I do remember the day Kurtwood Smith died, and he's still fucking alive. Right? Yeah. Because I'm because I think I remember you texting me like, "Yeah, I remember the dude from uh, that '70s show, Kurtwood Smith. Like he's dead." dead. And then we looked it up, and it's like, "No, he's not actually dead." You're like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I remember seeing it and having conversations with people about it." Like, and then it was like it was years later, like four or five years later, and it was like I seen him like. Uh, I think he was going to be like when he was going to be in the ranch or whatever. And uh, 
It's like, yeah, he's going to be. And I was like, he's dead. How could Kerwood Smith be in the ranch? He's dead. Like, he's not dead. And it's I was like, like, what? What the I, fuck? I remember that day. Right. Like, uh, um, like the whole, uh, uh, Baron Steen, Baron Stain bears, you know, right. like the whole thing. It's like, no, when I was a kid, it was Baron Steen. Yeah. It's like, my memory's not that fucking bad. Right. It, 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 it wasn't that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was Berenstein. Yeah. It wasn't Berenstein. They were Jewish bears. They, they were, were nice ju- Jewish bears. They were nice Jewish bears, <laughs> and they had a lovely family, and they were they were wholesome, and they and were you'll they never were good. Take that away from me, you right. fucking dimension swappers, my fucking dimension assholes, fucking Illuminati. Yes, <laughs> the Illuminati creating alternate timelines. They create, you know, dogs and cats living together. Mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. <laughs> Talking Old Testament type stuff, you know, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll take like a quick break here. And then when we, we come back, we'll uh, l- let's let's talk about Daniel Craig. Let's talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground Bang, bang, that awful sound Bang, bang, my baby shot me down Seasons came and changed the time When I grew up I called him mine He would always laugh and say Remember when we used to play Bang, bang I shot you down, bang, bang You hit the ground, bang, bang That awful sound Bang, bang I used to shoot you down. And we're back to talk about some Daniel Craig. Right, yeah. It's an awesome song by Nancy Sinatra that was in Kill Bill. Right. But it's kind it of relevant kind of for this. It kind of fits a Bond song. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I could totally see maybe sometime in the glorious future Quentin Tarantino directing a James Bond movie. And uh, he not only has what it takes to do that, he would ha- he would <laughs> it would be amazing music in that. Oh yeah, like no, the, the, the score would be like epic. The soundtrack <laughs> for a Tarantino, yeah. you know, made Bond would be amazing. Yeah, because a lot be... of people's like, well, you know, he would it, it would definitely be rated R. Oh yeah, It'd you be know, brutal. it would definitely be rated R, but it wouldn't be like are like all of his other movies he would keep the character pretty true right yeah that'd be the main thing is just making sure that it doesn't get too far away from the character yeah yeah but he said if he made one it would probably be pierce brosnan again pierce <laughs> oh pierce brosnan oh man there's some uh there's some again in pierce brosnan's catalog like i feel like his movies got progressively worse like, right now started off really really good with goldeneye and then, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies, it's like, ah, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. I had to sneeze there for a second. 
It's okay. It happens. So on Tomorrow Never Dies, it was like it was still fairly good, but you could tell that like, you know, maybe they were they were trying to they were trying to go in a different direction with Bond, and then uh, what was it? Uh, the world is not enough. Was that? And then it was uh, world. The world is not enough, and then die another day. And by the time I got to die another day, it's like you you guys have really you guys are really fucking out of ideas now, aren't you? That's bad. That's bad that you can run out of ideas with Bond. With Bond, yeah. And I'm like, and then Die Another Day had Halle Berry in it. And it's like it's you finally have a Bond movie with Halle Berry as the Bond girl, and it it's it, it it's like the worst one that Pierce did. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's all he did with Halle's character in that is just like, hey, we're going to show you half naked a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's like Halle's like, we, I can't act and I can actually be like yeah. a real character. It's like, no, nah, you're just going to be eye candy. Really? You know, you're just going to be, you know, Bond candy. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah. she's way out of Pierce Brosnan's league, too. Like Bond's supposed to be like the guy that you're like, yeah, he could seduce any woman. But Pierce at that point was just like, no, nah, he couldn't get Halle Berry. I, he probably couldn't. Get Halle, <laughs> you know, you might be able to you get know. some of these other girls, but, you know. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's way out of your reach. <laughs> she's out of most dudes' reach, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, like, she just posted pictures of herself, like, in a, in a bikini or whatever, and she's 52. And people are like, there's no way in hell she's 52. It's like, no, she is. She just has. She just takes care of herself really, really well. That's why she looks as good yeah, as she she's does. She's another immortal, like right, Keanu yeah. Reeves. They should marry and have a little immortal babies together. Oh yeah! Imagine if that happened. <laughs> it's like Hallie was like with with Keanu. <laughs> they would have like they would have amazingly beautiful vampire babies. Yeah, just they live would. Forever. They would just be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. how old's your kid turning, Keanu? Four hundred and six. I meant um fifteen. 15. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In this dimension. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, since we're talking about uh, people playing Bond, people fucking hate Daniel Craig as, as James Bond. <laughs> oh, Daniela Craig. <laughs> Daniela Craig, yeah. Um, so it says, in 21 previous Bond films, one could really like the British super spy. His this character, guy can count. Already impressive. Right, yeah. His character, his smartness. His smartness. <laughs> <laughs> Did he mean? Did he mean intelligence? Yeah, no, no he's smartness. His smartness. Uh, oh, his, Bond and his smartest. You know that movie where Bond uses his smartness. His smartness, to, yeah, to, to defeat, defeat the villain. Uh, <laughs> he outsmartnesses uh, everyone. Um, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> from the chief to everybody, you know. Yeah, that's damn smartness. Is yeah, that's damn one smartness is key. what makes him so awesome. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> oh man! Uh, so it's his character, his smartness, some cool one-liners, and yes, uh, Mrs. Broccoli. We, the audience, love the gadgets. Uh, Craig is terrible as Bond. He has no charisma whatsoever. He broods for the entire film, never smiling, never delivering that cheeky charm that Bond should. For a reminder, since it comes up so many times in reviews on IMDb. Bond and Jason Bourne are two completely different franchises. Bourne is chasing after his history while Bond is saving the world. Just because Bourne was such a huge success, don't try to imitate him. Ugh, what a terrible film. It is such a shame. Regardless of what the box office says. Uh, then you even dare to take away, some, uh, take away the gun barrel montage in the beginning and no more Bond, James Bond. Are you people mental? 
The previous movie, Casino Royale, was a good action movie, though it wasn't a Bond movie. The Jason uh, Bourne formula works, but Bourne is not Bond, and this is not a Bourne movie. I don't really know how to classify it, then utterly pointless. I couldn't see any redeeming features, no plausible plot, no interesting characters, no fantastic sceneries, awful title song, no Bondness at all. I don't think I'll waste time and money seeing any future Bond movies. Bring back Pierce Brosnan and his charm and warmth. Sadly, since Daniel Craig came onto the scene, I felt increasingly alienated from the franchise. Undoubtedly, Craig is a fine actor, but then again, so is Bob Hoskins. But I'd imagine he has never been a serious contender for the part. Really, if Craig were to appear in a Bond flick, he'd be best suited to uh, to either the Robert Shaw, Red Grant character from Russia Would Love, or in From Russia Would Love, or that of 006, Al Trevelyan from Goldeneye. To have him playing the great 007 himself is frankly laughable. <laughs> it's not. Uh. <laughs> I that Bob Hoskins reference, though. Like, hey, Bob Hoskins is a great actor, too, but he ain't no Bond. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're not going to hire Anthony Hopkins to do it either. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, what you're saying is you don't like the version of Bond that Daniel Craig is playing. Which is probably more true to the actual book version of Bond, where you know he's a little bit serious. He has a little joking, very charming. Uh, he does have charm. <laughs> oh, he definitely does. Just as Strawberry feels how she feels about yeah. him, he just happens to want to know where the stationery is. And next thing you know, you know they're 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 bumping. So this, this uh, debate about the Jason Bourne, which I, I love, Matt Damon's awesome in those. In Bond, Matt though. Damon. Is, is something that's kind of interesting to me because a lot of people don't realize, I guess, that the Bourne things weren't just a movie. It was a book series right? written by Robert Ludlum. Um, he was inspired to write those books because of Ian Fleming's James Bond. Right. <laughs> Ian Fleming wrote those books. You know, he wrote his stories way before anyone else were writing stories about this. Yeah, he was writing his books in the 50s. Yeah, and Ludlum came a little after that, but Ian Fleming was first. Yeah, like, he was I OG. think Ludlum started writing in like the 60s or maybe the 70s. I forget when he... I think it's the 70s. Might even be early 80s when he started writing the Bourne books. But anyway, I mean, it, it doesn't make them any less good, but you can't really say, oh, well, now they're trying to have Bond rip off... Uh, the Bourne Jason Bourne and it's series. like I don't think you can even say that you know they might I think they're allowed to borrow something that was basically based off Bond <laughs> well yeah and the other thing is that and it's not anything like it because Bourne actually has a bunch of unrealistic fight moves that he uses in his and this is a lot more realistic I mean that's what they're going for they're trying to make it like an actual spy thriller instead of like oh I have a gadget for that right and that's the thing about the the Daniel Craig era of Bond is that people are like, well, they don't really use the gadgets. And it's like, you know, Bond just has – he has the Walther, the Walther PPK, which mm -hmm. is his normal gun. But he doesn't have like the fancy watches. He doesn't always have like a badass car. And it's like in some situations – uh, don't you don't you hear that when you feel like you have to sneeze and your face just <laughs> right right doesn't, it doesn't actually do anything? Uh, but the thing about um, you know Craig's Bond is that he's resourceful and he uses his resources. He doesn't have to rely on gadgets. 
Right. One of the things he might not always have those gadgets anyway. And what was the thing like in Skyfall? Yeah. Uh, how he caught um, what was his name? Uh, Sylvia Silva. Uh, Silva. Silva. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> he was like, "What are you gonna do? Take me in by yourself?" And all the other her- helicopters came in, and he's like, "It's called a radio." Yeah. The newest thing from Q Branch. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like literally, like the simplest thing. You know, that's what he uses to to catch catch him. Which he did want to be caught, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he was basically setting up a trap for Silva so that yeah. he would go to where Silva was, and then they could they could trap him on the island, right? You know, um, to get him arrested. But the the thing about the gadgets is that some sometimes it's a crutch for writing. It's like what we're gonna do, and and like the old Bond gadgets, like for their time, when you look at stuff that he had back in the day, like, you know, having like, uh, you know, like a grappling hook in his watch or a grappling hook, like in his belt or something. As soon as you see Q introduce something like that. Okay. Bond here. We have a wristwatch for you. This is a Rolex with a laser built in. You're (laughs) thinking, okay, at some point he's going to have to use that watch to burn a laser through something. And then you're like, okay, when the fuck is he going to use the watch? When the fuck is he going to use the watch? You know, and it's like you you almost it's like a crutch. Like now you have to write a scene where he has to use that gadget. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye, one of my favorite Bond movies of all time and also a badass video game. Um, also, fuck anybody if you use odd job like that's just cheating. So uh, <laughs> everybody knows using odd job in that game is cheating because he's small. Um, but, you know, in Goldeneye, as soon as he introduces the uh, grenade powered pen, you're like, that pen's going to be used for something later on. And you're just waiting to see when it happens. And then when Boris is like flipping the pen around in his hand and he's like, he's like panicking because he's like trying to hack and he has like the, the pen and he's flipping it around and he's like clicking and bonds like, Oh fuck. He's like setting the grenade off. Okay. He de-armed it. Fuck. He set it off. Okay. He de-armed it. You know, like you're, it's creating like a tension, but the whole time that you're watching this, you're like, they had to write that into the scene so that you don't just introduce something that he never uses. Right. He also uses the grappling hook uh, belt buckle in that when he has um, uh, when he has the the Russian girl uh, Natalia, he has her, and he he has to like swing out of the 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 Russian facility when he gets when he gets captured by the general. Yeah, those those bonds. He was basically Batman. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but even like you know he'll have like. Uh, he'll have things like he'll have like a, like a bomb briefcase and like all this like interesting shit. And it's like, you know, it's like, we're going, it's like, okay, bond. This is a, this is on the outside. Normal, you know, normal crest toothpaste, but it's actually a plastic explosive, you know? And you're like, okay, well now he's going to have to use toothpaste to blow something up. So when the fuck are they going to use that? You want to know the real reason they don't really use gadgets that much now that they're doing the, these bonds and stuff like that. The real reason is uh, doing those movies like that. Now you, you can't really compete with mission impossible. Right. If you're doing gadget things, cause they can do it better. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, it's, it's Tom Cruise, but it's also how they do the movies and the rules that they've already set in that world. Mm-hmm. And you really can't go like, okay, we're going to make a bond film. Uh, and just keep with the gadgets because they're like, well, we're already watching these movies, you know, and these movies started coming out, you know, like the, the chewing gum, you know, uh, helping them in the first one. And then like, it's always something like 
But see, like <laughs> the the uh, the the mask tech where they can like copy uh, copy anybody's yeah, face. Yeah, the mask masks. tech's really awesome, and uh, you know the Mission Impossible's, and then like they'll even have some of their tech that they're really counting on in the storylines, like start felling, and like one of the most intense scenes, and uh, I think it was Mission Impossible Fallout was whenever he's climbing the building and one of the gloves just stops working. And he's like, uh, he's trying to scale uh, one of the biggest buildings in the world. No, that's a isn't that Ghost Protocol? That's Ghost Protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout's the the brand new one. I that's haven't, the new one. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yet. Yeah, but yeah, either. it's it's really hard to compete. And I'm not saying you know it's a better character Bond and everything. He's definitely iconic. Ethan but, Hunt, yeah, yeah. Ethan Hunt's definitely iconic, but you know James Bond is more so. But you don't want to get in a game where you're like, okay, well, let's go toe-to-toe with Tom Cruise in the box office doing the exact same stuff. It's like, no, let's get real and gritty with ours. And then you we'll have let, really basic let, let's have two different fan bases. That way we don't have to compete with Mission Impossible. We got our, you know, gritty, you know, uh, James Bond with this, like, epic telling of a story. And then you have Mission Impossible that stands on his own. They have their own fans. So you don't have to be like, well, you know, Bond's better. And it's like, you don't even have to have that conversation because they didn't even get in that fight with them. They're like, no, we're doing Bond like this because Mission Impossible is already doing this. They're already doing the gadget based stuff. And we're not going to, we're not, we're going to make ours a bit more real. Yeah, that's you know, how we want to go. We want to go a little bit more realistic, you know. It would be like Ocean's Eleven or like the Ocean series being like, okay, we're going after the Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. franchise. We're going to involve cars. We're going to have like vehicle heists. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to pull that off. That's not what you do. You do yeah. regular heist movies. Don't try to do like car heist movies because that's just – that's Fast and really the Furious Really no territory. physical action at all, really. I mean all of it is just like thinking and execution. And then you really don't need any of that because you have – Probably like some of the most charismatic actors like of all time, all in the same movie with like Clooney, Pitt, Damon, Andy Garcia, Andy Garcia, uh, Don Child, uh, Don, Don Cheadle, yeah, yeah, um, all kinds of people in that movie. And then um, Casey Affleck, yeah, <laughs> the goat, the goat. Uh. <laughs> The better Affleck. Right, yeah. I probably would have been okay if they would have casted him as Batman. Right, yeah. <laughs> he would have been depressing be leaving, as fuck, though. Yeah, at least like, he wasn't you know? leaving bat-shaped, te- you know, like uh, <laughs> iron, like brands on people. Nah, he'd be a depressing Batman, definitely, but yeah. he, he'd probably pull it off. But the problem I think that a lot of times people have with the Daniel Craig Bond is that he doesn't, you know, the, the old thing is he doesn't fit the stereotype. Right. He doesn't look like Connery. You know, he doesn't look nobody like, looks like, like Brosnan. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, nobody else really looks like Sean Connery. He's kind of a unique dude. But even when you look at like Sir Roger Moore, rest in peace, uh, Roger. Uh, Sir Roger Moore did not look like the stereotypical Bond either because he was kind of like a, uh, he was like a, a, a blonde haired dude. And so now that they bring it, they're like, okay, well, we're going to have Daniel Craigby Bond. Then he has like, you know, he has like uh, like light, like blonde hair and like blue eyes. And they're like, well, that doesn't really fit Bond. You know, Bond's like six foot two, a certain kind of, you know, height and weight. You know, he has dark hair, dark eyes. You know, he's like the tall, dark and handsome kind of stereotype that women like. Right. And it's like Pierce Brosnan fits that mold to a degree. Timothy Dalton definitely does because he's like that tall, dark and handsome dude with the black hair. Blue and, eyes. Yeah, but he had the blue eyes, too. And it's like. A lot of times, like when they even like George Lazenby, I mean, he fit relatively the profile of it. But 
Ian Fleming, even after he watched Dr. No, he changed some things about Bond in the book to match Connery because he was like, I never imagined Connery as having like, or having Bond as having like a sight Scottish accent, but he was like, it's really hard for Connery to hide it because that's how he talks. Right. Like, you know, we've even talked before that like Connery cannot hide his accent. It's like Arnold. Yeah, we were we were literally having that conversation the other day. There's like some people just can't do it. They like, can't hide their accent, and so Connery couldn't. What are you gonna do? Like, if you get one of these people to play like an American in a movie, like a badass American, is like, oh well, Arnold can't do an American accent. Well, let's get somebody else. It's like, no, just do the movie, right? You know, fuck it. Hey, who cares? But what <laughs> Fleming did was he changed some stuff about Bond because he did. He originally had it where Bond was just regular English. But then when he saw Connery play him in Dr. No, he started writing more novels. And so his characterization of it changed where it's like now Bond's backstory is that he's actually like his dad was Scottish and his mother was was Swiss. Right. You know, and so that way it's like Bond's always considered a Scottish character now because of Connery. Connery, yeah. You know, and it's like in terms of like the characterization of what he looks like, it's it's like to me being Bond, you – if if Bond looked like Schwarzenegger, for example, and he was like six foot two and like two hundred sixty pounds of muscle, he would look like super out of place. Bond would actually probably look like Gerard Butler. He probably would look like Gerard Butler. Like if you actually cast it, that would be a really good idea. As a as and a, he's Scottish. Yeah, he actually is Scottish. <laughs> so let's let's get that rolling, Gerard Butler for Bond. Let's get G Butt up in there. Let's get G Butt up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Show us that naked G Butt. No. <laughs> naked G Butt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Scottish. He's got the basically the exact description as uh, what bond's supposed to be yeah and he's got the physical shape he can do the action i mean yeah let's let's do that that would be great next bond i mean he's basically what you guys want in an actor i mean he can do all the action stuff we already know that yeah but the, the i think the thing for uh craig is that people were like yeah, but like he's like way too blonde, and he has like the the, the, the ice blue eyes, and he just doesn't feel, he doesn't look like Bond's supposed to look. And then you see him acting Casino Royale, and you're like, eventually you get to a point where you're like, you don't notice what he looks like anymore. He just feels like Bond when you see him in the suit. He feels like he's Bond. If you see him, you know, like in his like casual outfit where he's just wearing like slacks and like a button up shirt, he feels like Bond. That's the thing is that like with Bond, it's like you don't – it doesn't matter what he looks like. What it, it matters is how he acts like Bond, and he's probably one of the closest ones to how he's characterized in the book. Well, yeah, I mean how, how you're supposed to watch these movies, you're not supposed to be sitting there saying, oh, well, this isn't – He's not uh, supposed to be blonde. That's, yeah, that's, this that's isn't stupid. supposed to be blonde. You're supposed to suspend your disbelief and uh, – just let this character do his Watch thing. the movie, and you can still dislike it afterwards, but don't watch it already thinking negative things, like just because you don't like a single character. Because I guarantee you probably watched all the other movies too. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, people are always going to complain about, like, who plays Bond. It's like when Roger Moore got Bond, people were like, hey, he's kind of old to play him, isn't he? And then it's like, fuck, he really gets old when he plays Bond because he, he played him for more movies than anybody else has. Was it like 11 movies he, or some shit did like, like that? Oh, Roger Moore did like seven movies, I think. Yeah, we, we said something about something it. Something about that? Yeah, I think we even mentioned that when we, we talked about T-Dalt's Bonds. Yeah, go listen to that episode. T-Dalt? T-Dalt? Timothy Dalton? Um, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of like Craig, what he, what he can do to Bond as an actor is it's like he... 
he brings an intensity to that role that you don't normally see. The right. problem that Pierce Brosnan had was that Pierce, a lot of times he would try to be ruthless and then he would back off of it. Uh, Craig, when he needs to be ruthless, he doesn't back off of it. Like he doesn't start to warm up and get, I mean, he will have moments occasionally like when he invites fields in to like help him find the stationary, you know, he's going to get laid, but it's like, you know, he, that's when he becomes charming. But when he has to be in, you know, secret agent mode, he goes to secret agent mode. He doesn't break out of it. You know, there'd be times where, where Pierce would like, he would let his guard down too much. And, you know, it's, and people forget if you go back and you watch the original Connery uh, era bonds from like Dr. No from Russia with love, he was fucking brutal. I mean, he murdered a dude in like cold blood in that room in uh, Dr. No. I mean, he just, he just like shot him like three times, just like point blank range. Like he, he could be ruthless too. Um, but he also was charming. So it's like, if you want somebody who has the Connery style edge, then that's pretty much what Daniel Craig is, you know, but he also like his, his like path of like revenge, it, it mirrors a lot of what happens in Timothy Dalton's stuff, right. especially license to kill, because that's pretty much a pure revenge movie. And that's basically what this is. This is bond dealing with the aftermath of the shit that happened in casino Royale, you know, when he's in full revenge mode, he is a beast. It's pretty hard to stop. <laughs> right. Um, but as far as the characters go, there were people that didn't like a lot of the other characters in the movie, namely all of them. <laughs> so, okay, well, let's get to all of them. So we'll get to like every other character besides Bond, right? Uh, no, I don't. It doesn't mention everybody, but it does mention uh, quite a few people here in this one. So. It says, uh, the main Bond girl is a bundle of laughs. No, wait, strike that. She's a depressing lump. Uh, the CIA girl is actually okay, thus the one one point. They, they gave it a one star, uh, which that, this, there was no CIA girl. I think they meant the girl from MI6, which is Fields. Yeah, right? Strawberry they, Fields. Strawberry Fields. So they already fucked that up. They thought that, yeah. that she was from the CIA. How many people from the CIA have a British accent that were sent by the British government? Just yeah. let that just let that sink into your mind. Yeah, well, you know the New World Order is in command and the British government's on top of it. So, right, yeah, yeah. They're just ordering the CIA around like a bunch of bitches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the CIA girl is actually okay, uh, but only sticks around for about two minutes before being killed. Felix Leiter, instead of being a smart, useful, and funny friend, is a waste of screen time and <laughs> contributes nothing at all to the story. <laughs> Drinks one hell of a beer. Yeah, man. Like, oh, yeah, for real. Um, uh, the villain does not even seem evil, just like a corrupt businessman, uh, far from the world domination-seeking villains of Bond's past. The deposed dictator, Madrano, is unbelievable, and, and the implied rape scene at the end should not be in a Bond film. What upset and offended me most was the rape scene at the end. This was disgusting and should not be in a Bond film or any film with a 12A rating. I'm assuming they mean in, in England it's a 12A. Or this might be in Australia. I'm not exactly sure where that rating system is from. Um, not to uh, Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the subplot of uh, sexual assault shocked me. If I if I had been there for uh, if I had been uh, fifteen or even eighteen, I might have expected to see something of this nature in the film. I have a twelve-year-old niece who would have had nightmares if she had seen Quantum of Solace. I think the twelve A rating is a complete cop out. 
Quantum Assault to me is a, is a 15 rating. I hope it is not just me that believes that these films are becoming too desensitized. Uh, Quantum of Solace is, is a plain example of this. M, uh, as well, is, this, is the same as the last few Bond movies, a weak, bleeding-heart mother type who could uh, not possibly have the respect of MI6 agents in the real world. Uh, we also love Money, Penny, Q, and M. Why did you take it all the way? Why? We may never know. So... <laughs> I know the answer to that because none of them had a role in the story. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, you get to see Money Penny and you get to see Cube Branch. You get to see all that shit in Skyfall. In Skyfall, <laughs> not in this one. Uh, Mark Forrester and Daniel Craig had to go and write a lot of this because this was during a writer strike. So they had to change a lot of stuff themselves. And them two are the main people that wrote most of this movie. Because it was uh, originally it was a Purvis and Wade, right? And then they had another guy that was helping them. Yeah. And then they went on strike. And then Forster and Daniel Craig had to finish. Yeah, they had to sit there and they had to uh, finish it. And I think they did a pretty good job considering it made $586 million. Yeah. I mean, it still made a profit. It, it was the highest grossing Bond film of, of that of that time. Right. Like up until it, Skyfall hit. Up until Skyfall hit and made a billion. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing. People want to talk shit about this movie, but it still was a really high-grossing Bond movie. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very successful. Uh, but this person just kind of sounds like a person with an agenda. Like, oh, you know, rape scenes are supposed to be offensive. They're not easy to see at any point in time. Nobody wants to see that. But Madrano <laughs> is a villain. He's a dictator of a country. Right. He's trying to take over Bolivia. Yeah. Like he's he's a he's a military general trying to take over Bolivia. You think he gives a fuck what anybody thinks? Yeah. You know, and also they've also set up that he this isn't the first time he's done this because he did it to Camille's mother and her sister. Right. And so that that's kind of just showing you stakes and trying to complete the story. I right. Mean. That like this dude needs to be taken out because not only is he a dictator of an entire country now. With like Green helping him, you know, with all of these like energy deals, and also Green's going to have you know the, most of the country's water supply under his command. So you have all these problems. Meanwhile, he's also like a known rapist, and he's a murderer because he pretty much killed her entire family, killed her father, which is something I don't understand about social justice warriors and stuff like that. Talking about that, and it's like, well, they shouldn't have showed an applied rape scene. It was like, I mean, hundreds of people get murdered in this movie. Right. Is murder better than, like... The number of people okay that get shot see? and killed in this? I mean, Mathis, when he dies, they throw him into a dumpster. Yeah, it's like, so that's fine? But Like, murdering that, people's fine? Yeah. But, I mean, none, neither one of those are fine, but I'm saying, like, oh, it's Is cool to see, like, than, yeah, rape. I mean, yeah. and they're both very, very awful. So if you can let your... 12 year old watch a bunch of people get murdered then yeah you can you can let your 12 year old watch an implied rape or don't take your your kid there if they don't understand yeah you know if they're not mature enough to understand it because you're you're not explaining things to them in the world and more people need to be aware of stuff like that anyway that way they know that there's awful people out there and right you know they don't become one because understanding is is a big part of things. I mean, you, is it that thing right there just kind of bugs me though. It's like, 
Oh yeah, the the little you know two minute scene of the intended rape that you don't get to see any of it. You just kind of see him go ah, and he's trying to force himself onto the to the the, uh, yeah. the server girl. Yeah, which is awful. It's just showing you that he's a complete piece of shit. Oh yeah, you know that's what that scene's showing you. That's like, just oh, showing this guy you even more of how yeah. much of a villain he is. Yeah, yeah, this dude's evil. But like like I said, there's a bunch of people that get murdered in this movie. Right. People have this like weird thing where it's like they're totally okay seeing people die on screen. Anytime you have anything sexual, people all them automatically start getting their social justice pen out, yeah, and they're like, and "This like, is an outrage! No, you can't do this. You weren't outraged like- about the about the the." 40, 50 people that die in this movie by Bond and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, the, that should be just outrageous. I mean, this is an action movie with a bunch of bad things that happen, but you can't just pick and choose what is bad and what isn't. All of it's bad. Right. I mean, especially you just have like... to be mature enough to watch it or not. Like, their whole plan to basically have their the entire oil, and the entire oil supply of the country under the rule of this dictator and this uh this corporate piece of shit and their water supply they're going to they're going to their water supply the water gonna, supply was the main thing for what's his green. name yeah green for he Dominic was green. he was going to take over the water supply and by the way where they shot this it's the driest place on earth really they shot this in uh chile this was uh the atacama desert atacama atacama okay yes yeah, the atacama desert as far as they know, in all of history, it's never rained there. Really? All of recorded history has never rained there. Not once. That's interesting. It's the driest place on earth, and they shot it's... it there, so that must have kind of sucked. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the that's the thing too, is that like the way that they that they show that like these guys' plans and like what they're up to and everything, it's like context matters a whole lot. And it's mm-hmm. like yeah, this person's like, well, I wouldn't take my 12-year-old niece to watch this because of this like this terrible rape scene that's in the movie. And it's like, yeah, rape scenes are definitely not good. Go back and watch Pulp Fiction. The ending of that movie is difficult to sit through. Yeah. It's fucking really difficult to sit through. But as soon as you see those guys get attacked by um uh by Willis when he comes down into the into the dungeon, basically. It's a with satisfying the setup because they, you're they like, get oh, what's when coming these dudes do finally die, you're like, yes, fuck those dudes. Those dudes, yeah. those dudes need to die. Yeah, you know? and then, you know, uh, Barcelos Wallace is like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go medieval on their asses. Right, yeah. Oh, there's about to be some serious repercussions for what just happened here. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like whenever you – sometimes – you have to show evil shit like that in a movie so that the villain seems credible. You can get the payoff whenever right. the villain goes down. That's how villains work. They're not supposed to be likable. Yeah, they have know? to do despicable shit so that you not want them to die. Not everybody can be the Joker. Right. You know, <laughs> Heath Ledger's Joker whenever you're just like, I love this guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, but it's also he's a fucking psychopath and look at is. how many problems he creates for that city, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, it, it's like the moving on from that part where people are like, okay, there's no money penny. There's no cue. There's no gadgets. It doesn't feel like a bond movie. And it's like, at what point does bond have any opportunity to go back to London to go visit Q branch and get a bunch of gadgets and shit. This is moving way too fast. He doesn't have the ability to go no. back to to the headquarters in MI6 and go talk to Q about some cool gadgets. To me, that's the point of this movie. This is what Bond can do without any of his devices. That's why he gets cut off and 
It's like just showing you like how resourceful and how badass he really is. Yeah. Imagine if he does have the gadgets, how much better he would be at his job. He's already fucking amazing at his job. Yeah. Just with like his instincts and his, his uh, smartness. His smartness. That, <laughs> and that his gets aim. him every time. Yeah. The smartness that always smartness, gets the bad guy. That's smartness. If you uh, have that smartness, man, you can make a lot of shit happen. You know? <laughs> I remember uh, reading a thing where Ian Fleming was like, what's, what's the key... Uh, uh, attribute of James Bond, and he was like, I think it's his smartness, his smartness, <laughs> yeah, his charming good looks, is his tenacity, his and loyalty, his, and his smartness. His smartness. <laughs> yeah, that'd be in, that'd be in like the dossier that's like his like personality, you know, attributes, yeah, yeah, his like smartness, get, like a card or something like that. And it's like James Bond. It's like it's like a, a physical, like a five, and it's like a. Uh, aim a five, you know, uh, uh, resourcefulness and uh, tactics, you yeah, know, five. five, and it's like smartness, a ten, a ten. <laughs> he's the he's the he's the he's the most smartness man ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get that shit out of here! Like people are just stupid. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it's um, it, I think that like especially like when. Uh, people are like, well, why do they introduce fields for like only like for a few scenes and then she winds up dead? It's like that. That's just to go to show you that like, and even Ian even has like a line about it. It's like you know, I knew that she couldn't resist your charms, and look at what happened to her. It's like she she ended up getting messed up with you. She didn't yeah. follow what she's supposed to it's do. Like they'll do anything for you. Won't yeah, they? yeah, they'll do anything for you because it's like he he meets these like girls from the office that have always heard these tales about the great James Bond, and when they meet him, they're like, "No, I can do my job. I can do my job. I'll bring him back to London." You know, he he's gonna be in cuffs. You know, they're gonna, he's gonna have to explain himself. And then he's like, "Let's fuck." Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like, uh, can you help me with the stationery over here? And then she's like, she kind of laughs to herself like. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm here. I'm going to go ahead and do it just because I've heard so much about him. And he's actually way cuter in person than I've always I've heard about. You know, and then so they end up banging or whatever. And then it's like eventually she gets killed right in the hotel room. And they uh, basically have her smothered in the oil. And I was like, you know, that's an homage to uh, the girl who gets killed in the hotel room in Goldfinger when they smear her body entirely in gold paint. And it's like supposed to suffocate her because – you know, her skin can't breathe because of the body paint. They, they covered over her entire right. body and it killed her. Um, so uh, that's supposed to be an homage back to like old timey bond where the villains would actually use like a plot device basically to kill the, uh, you know, one of bonds, you know, girls, you know, one of his uh, romantic interests. So when you see fields on the bed and she's covered in oil, you know, and they, they, they've killed her with all this, then you're like, damn, but that just goes to show you that it's like this this world is pretty dangerous and somebody like Fields who has no <laughs> field experience, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she has no field experience. She works in an office and even M was like, you know, she works in an office and she does reports like she's not the kind of agent right. we would send out in the field because she's gullible. She doesn't know how to deal with these situations. And if a bunch of goons working for green or goons for quantum show up she's not going to know how to deal with those guys because she's not a field agent she's probably doesn't even carry a gun or anything and so they attacked her killed her and covered her in the oil to make a statement 
And it's like, she's not the kind of person that should be out in the field doing this kind of stuff. She's in over her head. Yeah. You know, but that's just, that's the consequences sometimes of dealing with bond is that like, sometimes he has these, these gullible women that he leaves in his wake. And it's like, that just happens, you know? Yeah. Um, But Camille definitely is resourceful because she actually makes it with Bond all the way to the end of the movie, whereas Fields doesn't. It just shows they they have different skill levels. Fields was not ready for this, and Camille's been, you know, working towards this goal for many years, trying to track down Madrano to get close enough to him to be able to kill him. You know. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those things. I mean it's it's good to see, you know, uh, someone kind of not actually bang Bond in the movie because she doesn't she does get a kiss though she does right at the very end yeah when he like drops her off but yeah I mean in M she's like a bigger role in this because of the director was like she needs to be more featured because he's like uh, she is the like only female character that Bond doesn't view in a sexual manner right yeah so he's like she's basically the only one that he respects right um because she is kind of like his de facto mom yeah even says in this movie (laughs) yeah and it's like there's your mother and it's like well no but she She wants to she seems to think that she is yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but that's just because she's always kind of looked out for him you know uh but uh yeah yeah. so i need you back bonnie's like i never left Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't leave the country. I, I didn't, you know, turn my back on my duty. I, everything I did, I still did for the country. I did have some personal stake in it, of course, too, but everything that I did actually yeah. was for the greater good because once he figured out like exactly what green was onto and what they were doing, then he knew that he had to stop that plot and he needed Camille's help. Yeah, definitely. You know, but, uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll take another, uh, break right here. Then when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up and, Wrap it, it up, B. Wrap it up. Before you get with your own strawberry feels, wrap it up. Seven Nation Army couldn't hold us back. <laughs> <laughs> Had to play one of the most English Americans ever, <laughs> Sir Jack White. <laughs> yeah, Sir Jack. If he's not knight, he should be. He should he be. Fucking should be. <laughs> also, 
Uh, randomly calling back to the last one that we just did on the comments, and somebody said the awful title music. Mm. Go fuck yourself because you don't have one percent of a percent <laughs> of the talent that Jack White and Alicia, Alicia Keys, Keys do. Does. I think it's one of the best uh, intro songs that there is. Yeah, and Skyfall is probably my favorite movie, but this is a way better title song than Adele's No, Skyfall. not to hate on like Adele because I do like her I'm version of Skyfall. I'm not hating on it. I, I just I just I like didn't. Adele's version of Skyfall, but this but like Jack White and Alicia Keys had the best Bond intro of all times. <laughs> I would have to agree. The only one that uh well and uh, I guess since we're like randomly talking about Told the Corey intro Taylor music, does one. This Right, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, imagine like Stone Sour doing a Bond movie. That would be amazing. They have like, because uh, I always think it's cool when they pair like people together to do the songs. Like this Alicia Keys and Jack White. Right. Imagine if it's just something like, it's, uh, you know, uh, Corey Taylor and um, uh, who would be somebody great to pair Corey Taylor with that would just be like a. Something that you would just be like, like, oh, wow. Like Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga. I thought about that. But then I also thought, would Corey Taylor work with Lady Gaga? Probably not. Uh, I guess it depends on what it was. He might at least entertain the idea of whether or not he'd actually record it. Probably not. Yeah. He might work with her, though, because she actually plays her own instruments. Yeah. She actually, he doesn't work with people that don't play their own instruments. Yeah. Like, he, 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 would never he, he wants to work with people that are actually like real musicians. musicians. <laughs> um, not karaoke artists. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, you'd have to think of somebody like if he was doing the guitar parts, then you'd have to find somebody who would probably do like kind well, of. No, like he'd how, be singing. He'd be stuff, singing too, yeah. but like on this where you had like Jack doing the guitar, and then you had Alicia doing the keyboard, or she was doing the the piano. Then you would probably want to have somebody. You could have almost flipped that. I mean, like, can, Jack White can play the piano. He can play the piano. It's like, <laughs> so, but can Alicia, please, can Alicia Keys, can she play the guitar? Though? I don't know. He probably could have taught her, like, why they were there. Like, yeah. It's like, let me show you how to play. It's like, you know how to read music? It's like, yeah, of course I do. It's All like, right, okay, well, I'll show you how to play guitar. It's like, I'm like are you trying to give me a lesson? It was like, no, I'm just trying to show you a couple I'm just things. trying to show you some things. You, it might help my further your career. <laughs> it's no, like, I got okay, you. You want me to produce your next album? I, I get people Grammys. Right, yeah. <laughs> if you want, yeah, the Grammy Grammy winner Jack right here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know. You'd have to find uh, you'd have to find somebody that could add something to what Corey was doing that it would be. Oh, I got the perfect thing. You'd do Corey Taylor with Evanescence. Evan, oh, like. Amy Lee. With Amy Lee. Oh, that'd yeah, be interesting. Corey Taylor with Amy Lee. And have that. That would that intro. that shit would almost make you want to cry when you heard it because <laughs> yeah. you know, Amy Lee can take shit dark and so, and can, so Corey. can Corey. You know, like, with man, the like damn, stuff. like is Bond gonna die in this movie? Yeah, like, it's like is this like the end? Is of this Bond? like the end of Bond? Like you'd be like crying at the title because you're like, oh fuck, Bond's gonna die. <laughs> right, fuck, man, Amy Lee and and Corey Taylor is just taking this shit to a whole new level of just sad, man. Um, now. Of the uh, of the the Bond intro musics, what would be your favorite? Would this be your favorite? This would be my favorite. Okay, the the Jack White Alicia Keys. Yes, this would be my favorite. Um, see, because I've always been like an old school Bond fan, even like when I was a kid. So like I, Golden Eye, I've always liked because that was Tina Turner. Tina and Turner's the, amazing. Tina Turner's yeah. Golden Eye was really really good, and then also because I'm a I'm a bit of a. 
<laughs> of kind of an old school nerd. Like I like the men with the golden gun uh, theme song because I know a lot of people did not like that because they didn't like the singer, but I'm like that song that, you know, like it was really energetic and like it just immediately threw you into the movie. Like, Oh, this is going to be like a really fast paced movie. You know, I just like the way that she sang that song. Like her voice is kind of weird, but for some reason I like it on that song, you know? Um, and then um, the, the, the Tom Jones Thunderball song was pretty good, but he damn near blew out his vocal cords doing that song. <laughs> so, uh, but my, my favorite uh, probably would be the GoldenEye song. This would probably be number two to me, the Jack White Alicia Keys, because anytime I hear this, I'm like, oh yeah, this is fucking great. Because it's Jack White and Alicia Keys. I right. love Alicia Keys anyway. I've always loved Jack White. So it's like two artists that I really like doing a song together for James Bond. That's awesome. Um, but I've always loved Tina Turner's GoldenEye. So for me, that's kind of like my number one. And then this would probably be my number two. Mm-hmm. And then probably Man with a Golden Gun. And then probably Skyfall because I do like the Skyfall song. That'd be Adele. your fourth? Probably be my fourth maybe. Yeah. Uh, now the the living daylight least the living daylight song uh, which was aha if I remember right was that aha the I think li- so. the living daylight song that was really good too I always liked that P- probably because I also like the movie the living daylights we're big T Dalt fans yeah so. we are uh, <laughs> the, only, the only problem I have really big problem I have with the Adele one is she says like Skyfall like eighty five times in like thirty seconds. And I'm like, did she write like? You have five? to look. I think that I think they I had like, to do that. I think she had to do that. No, I don't. Like. I don't think so because <laughs> they don't have to do anything. Jack White and Alicia Keys got to write their own song. She just was just kind of like, I'll take your money, uh, and just say Skyfall a bunch. But it's still it, it's it's like hauntingly beautiful though to hear her sing that. I just to me it is because I think she did a good job with that song. Uh, I think she just took a payday because it doesn't sound like she put much effort into it to me. Well, is she going to put as much effort into like a movie song as she would her own personal song? She should. She's she's probably not going to because in this she case, should. Eminem writes songs for movies all the time and he nails that shit. Yeah, Venom, <laughs> um, uh, or or anything on email, uh, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> or mean, anything it, he's ever. You written. should you should try if you're an artist to do the best you can do on anything that you agree to do. Right. Uh, so uh, that's probably the problem. It's not a horrible song. I don't dislike it. It's just not. It's just not one of your. You wouldn't just listen to that. Like, I wouldn't just be like listening to, to work. it. But I would listen to this song. Right. Just if, on its if own. If you were just if you were just on your like in your truck on the way to work, you would yeah. just randomly play the I would Jack, just White, play Alicia Jack Keys. White Alicia Keys. That one you could probably listen to more often than Skyfall. I, yeah. I would definitely. Give I you think that. it's the most. It has the most listening ability of any of this songs because it's just like even without Bond, it's still Jack White and Alicia Keys. Yeah. And it's the still, Tina Turner one. Uh, that you know that would definitely because it's Tina Turner. Yeah, you know, she she is amazing. Yeah, and so. also just like even like the beat of it, that dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. You know, Da-da, dun 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 dun. You know, it's got that really good like. It feels like a Bond movie when you hear right. it. As soon as you hear that Goldeneye song, you're like, "This feels like a Bond song," and you're like, "Yep, exactly. It's written yeah, exactly, it's exactly to feel yeah. like a Bond song." Um, but uh, yeah, I've always and also I think because like. That was like that was the time when I started to really get into Bond was around the time of Goldeneye, you know, when they brought it back with Pierce Brosnan, because then like not too long after that the game came out and it was like I was really I was like going in and watching like the Bonds like had them on VHS tape and I was going back through them and watching them and it was 
that's kind of what got me into Bond. So like Goldeneye has always kind of had this like weird spot in my heart because like there's some things about that movie that like you, you look at it and you're like, oh, like, you know, it's like Fomka Johnson's character, like crushing the dude with her legs. You're like, that's kind of implausible, but this is a Bond movie. So I'll let it slide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, what are we to go though, to be crushed inside of some, like, in, like the inner part of somebody's thighs. <laughs> It just sounds horrible. That just sounds really horrible. You're like, oh, that's really kinky until you're like, oh my god, she's like actually breaking my my yeah, ribs, my back, everything. <laughs> you know? Oh man. But uh but yeah. So to wrap this up, I I I think as far as like the way that this movie is done, a lot of people hated the plot of this movie because they felt it was overly complicated and we've already explained part of it in earlier, but it's like, I think the thing that this movie has is that this movie directly follows Casino Royale. Yeah. It's so only one that does uh, the first one that directly is a direct sequel to, you know, the previous movie, previous movie, because in the Connery era bonds, you would have things that would happen in like one movie that would like bleed over into the next where they would mention something. But it'd be that like happened. five years later or something. Yeah, or it might be or, like this is six months later, bonds on a different mission, something crops up that came that showed up in the previous movie. Yeah. Or they might have intelligence about like, well, on your previous mission this happened, and then we have, you know, somebody else that you have to deal with now. And so you would have like little bits of like continuity from movie to movie, but this they movie all, takes place in the same month as Casino Royale. Right. So this this, this actually, isn't a year later. This is the same. This is in August of two thousand and six. That's the same month that uh, Casino Royale, Royale ended. Right. <laughs> because at um, w- what point does the movie take over where he's uh, in the the car chase with Mister White in the trunk? Mm-hmm. That's like what maybe an hour later after he left uh, the house. Yeah, in Casino Royale, and then like as soon as Quantum Assault kicks up, he's already in a chase again. Right, because they're going after him, you know. And it, um, I think that the problem is, is that for some people, if you hadn't seen Casino Royale and you jump into this, you're like. Well, what the who the fuck is Vesper? Like I don't understand right. what any of that shit. This is. is the second half of Casino Royale. Yeah, and if you have really seen, is one movie just cut in half, uh-huh. and if you watch it like that, you understand. Yeah, this is this is meant. You have to sit down and really watch Casino Royale, then watch Quantum of Solace, and it makes sense because they blend together. Yeah. If you just watch Quantum of Solace on its own, it it doesn't seem like it fits anything because you're like, okay, the referencing stuff, and I don't know what that's from because I didn't see anything like that. It's like you have to have watched Casino Royale or this movie doesn't make a ton of sense because they blend together, you know? Uh, Exactly. I mean, and Quantum was basically supposed to be Spectre in this movie. They just can use Spectre. Not yet, um, because that was still in uh, uh, Kevin McClory's estate. Because Kevin was being a real dick about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he had passed away like... uh, was recently right wasn't didn't he pass away like in like 07 08 something like that i don't know if he's dead but they settled that lawsuit yeah i want to say that mcclory's dead now they killed him Um, (laughs) (laughs) barbara broccoli's like we want the rights to specter it's like no you cannot have it that's part of thunderball (laughs) what did i say like tommy myself (laughs) no you cannot have it (laughs) you cannot have it you cannot have it not have it no i did not hit i did not i did not um uh, it's like no you cannot have the rights 
you could not have the rights. Yeah, and then it's like it's like off him, end him. You know, let's let's get the rights to off him, end him. Yeah, off him, end him. Kill him now. Yeah. Uh, I'm dead now. It's breaking me apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so. Uh, so it says the basis of the story is a dastardly scheme hatched by international environmental entrepreneur. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, oh, and once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I fucking can't do it once. You try doing it five times. I'll give you a quarter. Um, Dominic Green, who is played by Matthew Amalric, uh, who runs a company known as Green Planet. He appears to be intent on exploiting the natural resources in Bolivia and other South American countries for financial gain. He also appears to be a member of a secret organization that was responsible for killing Vesper, the love of Bond's life at the end of Craig's uh, first movie as Bond. Uh, these two plot strands coalesce in this film, but they do so and uh, they, but they do not do so in a comprehensible way. The main plot uh, was the worst of any Bond movie I've watched. Instead of saving the world, Bond is saving the people of a third world country um, uh, he's saving the people of, in, of a third world country a few pennies on their water bill <laughs> instead of fighting for the good of the what free world uh, Bond is on a heartless revenge killing spree and the free free world is portrayed as almost universally corrupt back in the day Bond was all about thwarting villains and saving the entire world from destruction here all he did was to make sure some South American third world village did not have to buy crystal geyser bottled water <laughs> what an asshole that dude's such an ass <laughs> but the worst offense is the contrived explosive hotel in the middle of nowhere in the desert I'll bet they get a lot of tourism there at least it's made of some kind of material that burns without a single trace of smoke <laughs> well I don't think that was like a public place where anybody could come no that's like a private that's like a private place where like you know a fucking dictator and this corrupt a yeah. corporate guy meet up to do like secret meetings with like money in a briefcase. Yeah, it's and not shit. like you can go check in. There's right. no like buddy down in the lobby is like, oh, would you like a room? Are you evil? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are you part of Quantum? Are you one of the group? Oh, let me. I have to get room service for you. Hang on. Yeah. Just a let second. me get it. Hey, bellhop. Room, uh, bellhop, can room you service for the evil organization and James Bond. <laughs> right. Because um, Bond's coming too. You want us to get Bond a room? How do you know Bond's coming? It was like, come on. You guys are planning evil shit. You have a briefcase full of money. You're going to go down. You're going to fucking get dead, He's going to beat you. You guys want room service before he comes and, like, yeah. kills all you guys? He's going to use his smartness to figure out that you're <laughs> his here. His smartness <laughs> is going to overcome you, and you know this. Right. <laughs> but the the whole thing about, like, his whole uh, plan is to stort this guy from, from, you know, so that these people don't have to buy crystal geyser bottled water. It's like, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about a part of, you are talking about a country that doesn't have the kind of resources that, like, we have here in America. And this asshole, this uh, Dominic Green asshole is, like, trying to exploit these people by having to, like, basically controlling their water supply. Yeah. And this motherfucker is like, well, Bond's just trying to help these like third world Bolivians save a few pennies on their water bill. This is not something the secret agent should be doing. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like, no, he's trying to help these guys not starve and die. Right. That's what he's trying to help them not do. You right. Know? Yeah. And While it's, he's also trying to get revenge, it's not only about that. It's about revenge too. Yeah. Cause he knows that, you know, green and like these different people are involved on that shit that involved Vesper. 
because he's getting revenge on Quantum by taking out you know their members and stuff. But the other thing too is that he's also in the midst of doing this. You know, he has Camille helping them take out a fucking dictator who's trying to rule the country. Because they even call him Presidente, and I'm like, what is it? Does this should just become Tropico? That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, El Presidente. This isn't how I act when I play Tropico. No, when I play Tropico, I'm, I don't play it as a dictator because I'm not that way. <laughs> you know, also, I, I like being reelected. And I'll just be like, you know what? I own this fucking country. <laughs> right. I own this country. But I'm a nice guy. So, I, I usually have 90% approval rating. Right, yeah. As a dictator. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good dictator. I'm like Sasha Baron Cohen of dictators. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the little cutthroat motion. Yeah, like now let's let's get this guy killed. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's like people the, like when I was reading through the comments, this was the most simplified version of what people didn't like. They thought that because one guy was like, "This movie is about oil." No, it's about water. No, it's about oil. Oh, it's about both. Fuck this movie. And it's like if you can't figure I've out, gotta know two things. I have to figure what? out that there's two things going on here. It's like I don't want to. I'm tired. <laughs> right? Yeah. I came out to watch this movie or it's like I, I rented this movie and now I'm bored with it and I want to go back to Fortnite so I can get my damn wife to leave me. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> same guy. Right. That's what we didn't tell you. The same guy wrote all of these comments. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that guy who like lost his wife to Fortnite. He wrote all of this shit in a fit yeah. of anger. And yeah. then at the end of it, he said, P.S. I married Fortnite. Right. So he is Fortnite's husband. Right. Uh, right yeah. Exactly. So he's he, maybe he can meet the guy from Japan who's married to Hatsune Miku. Yeah. As far as I know, he's fucking Fortnite, trying to get right, her pregnant. Yeah. Trying to get that disc pregnant. <laughs> Wonder what's gonna happen whenever Fortnite's not a thing in like six months. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah. You know, because it's one of those like game fads. What was the other one for like a long time? Like Minecraft. Uh yeah. Yeah, it was like everybody was insane like insane for like a year and then it's people like, are like, We built Minas Tirith in Minecraft and, and it's like, like, like what? do you play Minecraft? And you see it like five dollars a GameStop, it's like, Does anybody play Minecraft anymore? It's like, no, pretty much no. There are still like some people who play it, but like a lot of those people left it to go to Fortnite, so they just jump on whatever the new trend is. Mm-hmm. Remember when Call of Duty Duty was like was like the bee's knees, and everybody was into Call of Duty. Well, you know? I think probably a lot of people would still would be if EA could make a fucking game. <laughs> That's very true. And Remember when Madden was a thing, and everybody played Madden and didn't have to deal with glitches and bullshit. Now they're playing Fortnite. Yeah, now they're playing Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm making millions of dollars on Twitch playing it. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, weird. Yeah, uh, it's like... like sounds like a scam, really. It just sounds like a really big scam. Right. It's like, you get to play video games and we'll give you money. It's like, okay, at what point do I feel something going into my asshole? It's like, because I'm going to get fucked on this somehow. Yeah, it's like, I feel something's coming. Like, you know, it's just, I can't place it yet. Yeah. You fuckers, you're not tricking me. Right. (laughs) But, uh, But, yeah, it's like... I think part of it is is that like because people's attention span is for shit nowadays. Huh? What? What you saying? Yeah. While Steve's on his phone. Now. <laughs> 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 um, but it's like people's attention span is for shit, and so when you actually do have a plot that's fairly complex, but still not so complex that you can't follow along, because right. some movies like you you watch it and you're like, 
Okay, do I have to rewind? Do I, am I missing shit? Like, did I did I was I not paying attention to something? These people that write these comments must just have to immediately kill themselves after they watch the Christopher Nolan movie. They'll be like, I don't fucking understand what any of this means. What is this about? So did his totem fall over? Is he is he dead? Is he is he in a dream world? Like, is he alive? Like, what the fuck? I don't understand what the hell anything is going on with Cobb in this movie. Well, and see, it's if like, you pay attention though, his totem's actually his wedding ring. Not the spinning top. Because you're never supposed to let anybody know what your totem is. Yeah, if you tell but somebody what your totem is, then it can it can break some shit exactly. when you're in Inception. So it's actually his wedding ring because the only time you see him wear it is uh, whenever he is in the real world. Right. So he actually is in the real world with his kids. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we just broke Inception for all of you people Woo! who have your fan theories on Reddit. Pay attention. Yeah, pay That's attention. You gotta do. Pay attention. Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, Christopher Nolan isn't gonna sit there and hold your hand. That's the thing. They're like, they should have explained it better. It's like, no, you should just pay attention. They right. set all the rules, and then you go into it. So yeah, if you don't, if you didn't pay attention to what the rules were of this universe, then that's on you. That's just you fucked up. It's not the movie's bad. Is that you didn't pay attention to it? Exactly. And this movie this in is... particular is one of those. If you didn't pay attention to it, yeah, you're gonna be lost because yes. you have to have an attention span. Yeah. You also have to be able to retain information. You don't. You can't have the. You can't have the mental acuity of a squirrel to watch something like this, because if you have like the mental capacity, if you have the smartness of a squirrel, <laughs> you're not going to survive watching this at all, because you're going to be like so left behind. You're going to forget shit that they that they talked about 15 minutes ago, right? And you're going to be lost. And if you haven't watched Casino Royale, you're definitely going to be lost because this is the ending part of Casino Royale. There really are two movies, you know, it's like one story broken into two movies. And if you're not paying attention, you don't understand anything on Quantum of Solace. But to say that it was like a terrible movie or it's like the worst Bond movie is definitely not. This is this is one of the better ones. I can probably watch this movie anytime. There's some Bond movies like Moonraker, for example. I couldn't just pop it and watch. I couldn't just do that unless I was wanting to see like the crazy shit that Hugo, Hugo, Hugo Drax says. And that'd be the only reason I would watch the movie because there's a lot of that movie that is really painful to get through. But right, you know. But the thing is, is that like I understand that I'm probably not going to go back and watch that movie multiple times. I've seen Skyfall probably 85 million times. So me too. You know, like that movie is fucking amazing. But like to say that Quantum of Solace is the one that I would never watch again. No, I I, I was like totally cool to watch this movie again because I knew it had good action and it had a good story. You know, it was. The continuation from Casino Royale, so it fills in a lot of extra details, and you know it's also it makes you think that like, well, hey, when they do finally get to Money Penny and Q, and they start getting to at least some kind of gadgets and a tricked out car, it will start to feel more like Bond. But it's like he's already badass without having any of that shit. Imagine when he does have all these other things around him that are the traditional Bond cliches. He's gonna, it's gonna be even better, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and I can't look forward to seeing what this last Daniel Craig film is gonna uh, be like whenever it comes out. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that they really do something pretty big with this one. Like they finally have it where, and especially like if they have like um, you know uh, Blofeld show up again, right? You know, uh, if if they can get Kristoff to to be Blofeld for like one kind of like last showdown between the two of them. That would be amazing to see Bond against Blofeld again, you know, 
because that was always the biggest villain that he had to face, the, the leader of Spectre. You know, that's why it took so many movies before they, they were able to kill him off, you know? Right. I mean, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we have to say about this uh, yeah. movie. And uh, I don't really have any cards for this one to end this, but I do have something that's kind of interesting. They had the podcast awards. Right. Um, you know, we weren't involved in that this, this time or maybe never. Cause they're a bunch uh, of hatists, but it's kind of interesting <laughs> to see who won some of this because I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I get, I'm going to, I'm going to name three and see if you can guess which one won it. Okay. I'm not going to do every category. So this is a multiple choice. Yeah, basically okay. multiple choice. So I'm doing TV and film category right here. Um, uh, there's a podcast called We Look Shit Up. <laughs> they were nominated. The Cinema Guys and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fan Podcast. Okay, so which one of those won? Um... I'm going to say We Look Shit Up. No, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan podcast won TV and film. Really? The I Agents didn't know of, they had Agents like, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like fan, fan podcast. Wow. I didn't know that For was just a that thing. one TV show? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, one TV show. Uh, wow, okay. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> that is really crazy. Let's see. Uh, they have an entire... Oh, so, uh, okay. So, sports category. Um, okay, so they had Around the NFL, the Fantasy Footballers, and Move the Sticks. I'm going to say Move the Sticks. No, wrong oh. again. The Fantasy Footballers won that. The Fantasy Footballers? And I've listened to that podcast. Not very good. <laughs> uh... Society. Your information lost our star league. Fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna do that one. Let's see. Medicine. <laughs> that's weird. I'm not doing religious. Uh, yeah, politics and news category. Look, FUCT News wasn't even nominated. It's just that this is this the whole thing is a fraud. It's rigged, dude. What is this? Who pays the most money? Yeah, um, because Sean Van Dien obviously has the best information. Yeah, uh, he has yeah. the most sources. Yeah, it's most accurate. Uh, if Sean Van Dien doesn't win one of these awards, we we riot. We riot. He deserves it. Right. He is better than Fox News. Right. Uh, Remember to get fucked. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let me try to just find a good one because some of these things are. Oh, mature. Let's do that one because that looks like it's going to be funny. Wait, uh, mature isn't like like elderly people or mature no, isn't mature like, like content. Content. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I'm going like, to vote for the Golden it, Girls podcast. Uh, Golden <laughs> Girls podcast, which is basically just Betty White. Uh, <laughs> Remember, be Dorothy in the streets, Blanche in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right. One of them's an older gay guy show. Is that what it's called? That's exactly what An it's called. An older gay guy show. Loving BDSM. Loving BDSM. And turn me on. <laughs> turn me on. I think it's going to be the BDSM cast. <laughs> That's what I would have voted for, but no, it's turn me on. Shit. I'm, I'm like striking out here. <laughs> okay, we'll do one more. Let me see. Uh... I'm throwing more duds out here than Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh. oh. Uh. Okay, games. Well, 
No, maybe not. Uh, entertainment. We'll do entertainment. Because that's what we are, and that's what we care about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Star Wars Hour, talk nerdy to me, and we're drunk and we know things. Talk nerdy to me. That would be the, that's a great name. But no, we're drunk and we know things won that. So well, weird. That's basically that. That's basically us. We're drunk and we know things. We know a lot of things, and we're <laughs> drunk. Right. <laughs> Thanks to Innocent Gun Barrel uh, Bourbon Barrel Scotch Ale. <laughs> it's so good you can't even pronounce the shit when you drink enough. It really is. But this has been Beyond the Hate, and be sure to listen to us on uh, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. iTunes, Google, yeah, all kinds of stuff. You know, you can email us at beyondthehateyahoo.com if you have cast. any no, suggestions <laughs> or you want to you want to throw some hate our way and see if we can defend it. We're even okay with that. Just you know, calm down a little bit because we have a conversation. Don't make us come over there and whoop your fucking asses, right? Uh, Jay and Silent Bob style. Jay and Silent Bob style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be sure to uh, you know uh, like and subscribe and. Uh, follow us and yeah uh, give this movie another shot if you were one of the haters to our beyond us thank you and we love you <laughs> and also donate to us uh <laughs> and donate to us uh because we the like jar is open and it's still empty yeah <laughs> we, we like money we like money for sure <laughs> listen to our idiocracy episode <laughs> right yeah <laughs> it's super hilarious all and right just as long as you're not baiting no no biting if you if you're not if you're not baiting then you can listen to it if yeah, you're yeah, baiting, yeah then you know you gotta handle that All right, guys. Peace. Peace. Some people live. For the fortune Some people live just For the fame Some people live For the power Yeah Some people live Just to play the game Some people think That the physical things Define Within and I've been there before. That life's the road, so full of the superficial. Some people.